This is a podcast from SPH Radio. Welcome to Much Ado About Sports, where we explore the roles of industry experts in the APAC region and how their respective organizations are adapting to the market. In Tales of the 6-5, we'll chat with Singaporeans who are shaking up the sports industry. All this while debating current issues in sport. Much Ado About Sports with Adrian Abraham. Coming up in Tales of the 6-5, Football Eater founder and football agent who's licensed by FIFA, Ashikin Hashim, joins me to elaborate on her company, the challenges she's encountered in the industry, and how she's kept herself occupied during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's great to have you on board, Ash. How are you? I'm good, Adrian. How are you? Yeah, all good here, surviving the pandemic. However... <laughs> There's only one place to start, and that's with Footballita, known as the Female Football Voice, a globally recognized website and brand covering the football cultures of Europe and Latin America, a company you started in 2013. What made you want to really pursue this project? Um, I had also like an editorial background, um, Adrian, just like you. Um, I started out as a journalist, um, also an intern at the new paper, which is Singapore Press Holdings. So I had like a little bit of my, I would say, training there, journalism training. So I was in the new paper sports desk. And um, when I was there, I had really great mentors who kind of like um, taught me certain skills as well because um, they put me in the local sports desk and I kind of like built my portfolio there. Um, but when I was over there, I had a, I had a lot of fun really like covering local sport and getting like my portfolio, like I guess, thicker in that sense and meeting a lot of personalities. But um, I always thought at the back of my mind, there was like a nagging feeling that I had to do more, more for women in football, more for in covering um, representation, I guess, and also getting like my brand of football there, which is a little bit more fun, a little bit more cheeky. That's why I started Footballita. I started it on my birthday. I remember, I think it was my 20th birthday. And I just thought, let's do a brand, let's do a blog. Basically, about what I want to write, about what I think people out there want to see, what girls out there want to see, as opposed to normal, boring sports, you know, reports, which are great and very important. But yeah, a little bit of personality, a little bit of flavor. So that's why I created Footballita. And it's uh, just kind of grown from there, I guess. From 2013, like I said, but yeah, it's really it's kind of trying to fulfill and sort of answer that calling at the back of my head that I had to do something and so I did it. <laughs> you did mention your media background, you know, with such a strong media background, working both as a presenter and blogger, you decided to take up another challenge and become a football players agent, or let's just say a football agent, licensed by FIFA. And I know this sounds, you know, incredibly challenging. So what are some of the obstacles <laughs> you faced along the way? You know, particularly with the exam, because I'm sure that you might have been the only one out there who wasn't like with all the other leading football agents you see around the world, almost a minority to say. <laughs> yeah, Adrian, you're right. Um, the exam was a huge, I would say, obstacle to get to becoming the agent. You have to actually pass it and there is a, only a 6% pass rate. So a lot of people fail it and they retake it and it takes years sometimes. But um, I had a very good teacher who taught me. So we did, um, I went to the Under-17 World Cup as part of a project with Footballita, a sort of like a media project. So we were sponsored to go there and kind of cover the youth. But there I met my teacher. It was like a professor who teaches like um, agents, but at the same time also works in youth football. So he's a licensed agent himself. 
So yeah, I did the class. It was like a Skype class. But before that, of course, I registered with the FA to do the exam. And you are right, when I went into the exam hall, they were all men. And I remember this, I think I said it in previous interviews as well, that um, there was someone who said to me, um, are you sure you're in the right room? in a very condescending way. <laughs> Are you sure you're in the, in the right room? And I said to him, yeah, of course, I'm here to take the FIFA exam just like all of you. And I'm here because I really want to make a change and I want to make a difference. So yeah, it was a very difficult exam to take. I mean, a lot of um, obstacles, a lot of nights I spent studying for it. But it's very important, as I always say, to know the laws so that you'll be able to represent players better. And if you don't know the FIFA laws, well, how are you going to know what's best for all youth talent, right? So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, it was a lot of challenges. and I'm, But I think it's very essential if you want that title, I guess. The title is important, but it's also kind of the job has to have some credibility and some, I say, honour, because our Asian world is not exactly known for being a very honourable and honest world because a lot of dodgy things also happen on the side. So, yeah, it's important to kind of distinguish that's the murky side and also the professional side. And I was very intent from the beginning on making sure that uh, my brand and I was associated with being a professional sort of agent. Yep. And uh, you did mention someone questioned if you were in the right room. I don't know if the name Kelly Masters rings a bell. She was the first woman to represent a first-round draft pick in the NFL with American football and spoke of how she's heard every criticism imaginable from, you know, questioning her credentials, her experience, negotiating skills. You know, have you had to deal with similar issues in the industry? Um, yes, of course, I've heard of Kelly. And of course, she's one of the women that I would say they are trailblazing so that we kind of inspired by women like her. But to answer your question, um, of course, we've got like, sort of like there's always that air of, is she qualified? You know, does she know what she's doing? And it's usually coming sadly from the Southeast Asian market because I think it's the mentality that people have here. I'm not saying that all people, but I think certain countries, for example, or certain essays I work with, they might look at you and go like, hey, you know, she's not experienced enough in negotiating or she just hasn't done it. But in terms of credentials, I think they can't question me and I think they can't question any other female agents so if there are any out there because of what we've done, as in what kind of exams and qualifications we've kind of garnered for ourselves. However, I think with um, the kind of skills and if you're talking about negotiating skills, for me, like I've already negotiated three or four deals. Some of them have gone through, some of them have ended up as loans. And obviously the good part of it has become transfers. So that's something that you can't negate and something you can't deny. So if you're going to talk back to me about, for example, you know, she doesn't have good negotiating skills, then how are you going to quantify? How are you going to, what do you have to say about my previous deals you know what I mean so everybody I think has their own I guess their own style of working as an agent some are soft negotiators some are really hard some of the best ones as you know George Mendes Mino Raiola these guys are the cream of the crop when it comes to agents in Europe so these people obviously are known for their hard skills but it comes with time I'm still pretty young in the industry so I'm learning every day and I'm learning that not everybody is open to welcoming a female agent but most for the good part are, are very happy to work with and though they don't look at gender nor colour and like I said the issues that I mentioned earlier on are usually with the old school teams or the clubs that are just not used to like you know I guess a progressive woman <laughs> being in their face and you know they look at players just as people that I guess that they can just move around like a game so when they see an agent coming on board some of them are not even used to the idea of an agent you know so it's again about culture about education and I think our sector the Southeast Asian region we are continuously having to adapt and we need to sort of educate ourselves you know that it's important to be professional to be taken seriously as a footballer and also as a football club
And you did mention you're still, you know, relatively young in the industry. So what's been the best part about being a football agent, particularly in this part of the world and seeing the potential firsthand? Because let's be honest, there's tons of potential out here. It just hasn't been, you know, broadcast to that sort of level yet. So what's been the best part about it? Yeah, for sure. You mentioned seeing potential firsthand and also getting to know younger players and getting excited about them because we are in the age of social media. So the best part, I would say, is definitely my network. I've grown, like, I would say, a vast network of friends all around the world because once you become a FIFA agent, like your name is always in certain like databases. The players tend to know you, clubs tend to know you. So they will always sort of like recommend you. So that's one part. I always get a lot of messages from all around the world. These people are not people that I might end up working with. They end up being lifelong friends, for example. And then that's how you kind of grow your brand and yourself. But yeah, about working with young players, I have a young player that I was working with. And it was very exciting because we were able to do a synergy with La Liga. So we were able to work with them to bring him on a sort of like a trial and slash, I guess, a training stint. And for me, this is very important. I like to try to bridge the gap between Asia and Europe. So to get them, I guess, acquainted with life there so that they know that how football should be played and that's the kind of aspirations they should be, I guess, looking at. So I like to try and work with players to broaden their minds out. And um, I think seeing the potential person, you're right. I guess to talk to players as well to understand, you know, their likes and their dislikes and sort of like their character and personality. Like, for example, in Malaysia, I was speaking to a young player who is a little bit shy, but he's, I guess they call him the next Kylian Mbappé of Malaysia. And, and he is very good. I've seen him play in the national team and he's about to go now to Europe as well. And it's a huge move. And, you know, speaking to these people, like, I guess one-on-one and getting to understand them as people, for me, it's a huge honour because in the future, they're going to be big stars. So for me, I consider this a huge privilege. And I think that's a very, very exciting part. One of the best parts of my job, to be quite honest, yeah. We're in conversation with Ashikin Hashim. She's the founder of Footballita, known as the female football voice. She's also a football agent, TV presenter and journalist based in Singapore. Now, fast forward a bit. You moderated the Dubai International Football Conference on empowering women in December with the likes of UEFA Women's Player of the Year, Lucy Bronze and Amandine Henri, captain of the French women's football team. Talk to me about what that experience meant to you and to see how far women's football has come. Well, Adrian, um, well said, I have to say. Um, honestly, the Dubai International Football Conference last December was, I have to say, one of the highlights of my life, if not career, because it was really an eye-opener. I mean, it, at that conference, it's probably the biggest one I've been to because you were seeing people like Paul Luigi Colina, you were seeing uh, Fabio Capello, do some of the biggest names in football there, and even women's football names as well. Yeah, for me, being on stage, moderating that panel and empowering women in football was really like uh, mind-blowing, I would say. And, and I realized this was special because the Dubai conference had been following what I was doing for the last five years or so. And it just happened to be doing this women's conference for the very first time. So again, this was a double honor for me to sort of, you know, pick the brains of these like legends, I would say, in women's football. And, you know, for me, it's more of, I love interviewing people and I love being on stage. Also sort of like um, getting to know these women as people and also sharing their stories with the crowd. So for some place like Dubai, which are still grappling with um, women rights and stuff, I mean, they are progressive compared to the rest of Middle East. I think seeing this conference was a huge uh, signifier of where they wanted to go as well. You know, a lot more focused on giving women the voice back and giving women the 
right to decide what they want to do with their careers, you know. So I think that was also special for them and it was also special for me. So um, it was a special experience and, and to see how far women's football has come. We have come a long way, obviously. 2019 was a Women's World Cup year and Lucy Bronze, obviously like UEFA Champions League, a winner, uh, Amandine captain the French women's football team and they are both really different personalities. Amandine is very shy, Lucy is very out there, but they are very assertive in the sense that they know that they are leaders of their countries. Girls in their countries are looking at them and saying, I want to be the next Lucy Bronze, I want to be the next Amandine, especially the girls you know, who want a career in football. So it's fantastic. Um, they know the responsibility of where they are right now. In the past, there weren't any women's football, uh, I guess, icons. But now girls can look at them and go, hey, you know, I have someone I can look at. And yeah, so that's a signifier of really how far uh, women's football has come. And I'm very, very proud and excited to be a part of it somehow. Now, a lot has changed since then. You know, we're going through some incredibly uncertain times. (laughs) The world of sport has taken quite a hit, despite it returning to action without fans. Now, how have you kept yourself busy during the pandemic? Yes, Adrian. So, yeah, we've been experiencing some very unprecedented times. And that's the word, I think, of 2020, unprecedented. (laughs) But, yeah, um, the world of sport has taken quite a hit, as you mentioned, but... Also, how I've kept myself busy is I've really been reaching out to my network of friends and all around the world, obviously asking them how you know they're doing and how they're coping. But it's also been interesting because um, because I also work in Malaysia, um, which is across our border neighbors. So I do a lot of media stuff with them, presenting. Also, they were trying to get me involved in projects like, for example, Zoom shows. Stuff like that. So I've been also busy with that, you know, like engaging with their club fans. Um, like Selangor FA is a club I worked with for the Hari Raya special. So that was another thing I was working with as well. So it's interesting how um, we're using technology a lot more. But what we previously underestimated, like for example, the quality of our cameras, the quality of our microphones, you know, <laughs> like the backdrop of our houses are so important like when we're doing video content. So how I kept myself busy is also trying to improve on these aspects, trying to improve on making sure that um, everything looks good as well for the clients that I work with. Also improving myself, I guess. I'm sure you as well and everyone out there is sort of like taking courses and trying to find ways to improve ourselves. Um, I'm doing a lot of finance courses right now because I'm also working on a startup called Shoutout. So this app that I'm developing with my partners. Um, so we're doing a lot of onboarding for that. So that has really also kept me busy during this time. Yep, some really uncertain times, but the good thing is football is slowly, not just football, but sport in general is returning slowly. So the future does look a lot better. And finally, now this is a two-part question. First, what does the future hold for Footballita? You know, can you tell me about a few projects that you've been working on? And second, what about Ash, the football agent? What's in store for her? (laughs) Okay, so the first part is obviously what projects I've been working on. Well, as I mentioned in the previous question, I'm working on an app basically to onboard celebrities, football celebrities, with fans, so we're trying to find a way to connect them on a closer level. So stay tuned to that. The app is called Shout Out. You guys can Google it if you want to know more. So that's one I'm working on. The other one, obviously, is um, I've been uh, working with the local FA on a project called the ESPL. So I've been hosting that with them. So what the ESPL is an esports tournament involving our eight local teams. So it's very interesting because um, we're actually getting to see our local teams involved on not FIFA, but PES. So you get to see their customized kits and everything. So that's a project that I'm actually very excited about because we've never had that before. And we get to see our own players sort of like um, play as themselves, you know, play against each other. 
which will be great banter, I guess. So that, that's something I've been working on. And um, yeah, lastly is obviously the football agent aspect. I'm kind of like formalizing the structure of it a little bit more, trying to figure out like also how I can get more brands and sponsors on board with my athletes as opposed to just doing deals. Cause I love doing deals. But sometimes deal-making involves a lot of uh, waiting for the other party to sort of give you an answer, sort of like, um, you know, there's so many different layers of it that I feel that I can't control as a person, uh, control as an agent, uh, because a lot of it is, uh, like I said, a waiting game. I rather work a lot more with sponsors and brands, so that's kind of like where I'm gearing towards, working towards a lot with my athletes and brands as well. So that's really where Ash, the football agent, will be moving towards, because um, right now I'm also sort of negotiating a deal for one of my players who is having some difficulty with the club. So that's something I'm very busy with, you know, sort of like helping him to navigate those murky waters. I want to say more about that because it's very controversial, I would say. But yeah, it's, I'm trying to navigate away from the murky part and try and bring the more positive part of football agent work, which is helping footballers get back on their feet again and feel positive about their future. Yeah, it certainly sounds like you have your hands full and some really exciting <laughs> projects to look forward to both with your company and as a football agent. So certainly some, you know, really exciting times having gone past, well, the worst of the pandemic, as we'd say. But it's good to see that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ash. It was great to hear the story of Footballita and insights into the life of a football agent and how you sort of juggle both these acts. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And I wish you all the best in the future. Thanks so much, Agent, for having me. It was really great speaking with you today. And all the best as well. Um, hopefully, we can all get out of this pandemic and enjoy football as it's meant to be. That's a Bundesliga tagline, but yeah. <laughs> much Ado About Sports is a production of SPH Radio. It's hosted and produced by Adrian Abraham. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. Listen to more of our podcasts at sphradio slash podcast. And if you have feedback for us, send it to podcast at sph.com.sg.